Hello and welcome to the Life Untamed podcast, a podcast that celebrates the pursuit and creation of a life lived outside the lines, Life Untamed. I'm your host, Catherine Alfonso, and I'm so excited to explore with you and find out just what it takes to create a life filled with passion, purpose, and authenticity. A life fueled by connection and boundless curiosity. We'll hear stories from folks just like you, folks who chose to take the leap and dared to create a life that cannot and will not be tamed. Are you ready? Let's get after it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Life Untamed podcast. This episode, I have two very special and lovely guests, my friends, Stephen and his partner, Derek, a lovely, lovely couple who own and run one of my absolute favorite places slash homes on the planet, McGovern Residence. It is a homestead destination hosted camping property along the Tucannon River in eastern Washington. But before they were operating and living on this beautiful homestead property, they were living and working that very familiar city life in Seattle. So I have them here on this episode for y'all to meet. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Awesome. All right, guys, Stephen and my good friend Derek, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me here. How is everything? How are you guys? We are good. Yeah, we're good. Thanks for thanks for thinking of us. Yes, for, for sure. It's good to hear your voice as well. Well, um, like I said, your story is is one of my favorite and one that really hit home with me. And I have to say, the first visit that I took to the homestead, I think you guys had only been there like a few months, right? You were you were you came to the first winter, and that was before the new roof. That was. Um, our first new year yeah that was when it was really cold we had we had burlap on the floor um, that's right and blankets hanging up everywhere just to to cordon off little heat pockets right we were (laughs) it was we were never so we were traveling to the cabin not living here yet and so yes um, by the way this is derek the gay the gayer voice is derek just Um, so we were only traveling here on weekends. And so we were not heating the home totally and fully, which we totally realized was a problem later. Yeah. But yeah. It was pretty raw when you came, but even if I imagine being like in your mind, seeing it for the first time, I'm sure it felt cozy, right? It was so cozy. And I have to be completely honest. It was really what started me on the path to where I am now. Like, I think seeing the big leap that you guys made into making this property yours and everything, it is, for anybody listening, if you have not already looked up McGovern Residence, it is one of my favorite places on earth. It's in rural eastern Washington. It's a beautiful homestead along the Tucannon River. And what my friends have done to this place you just have to see on their instagram on you know their website they're both very creative and i i will honestly say you guys gave me the courage to make the decisions that have led me 
to the lifestyle that I'm leading right now. So well, that's, really, that's you know. incredible because you're lead, you're leading a lifestyle which is sort of antithetical to what we're doing, but also the same. <laughs> you know, you're on the you're on the road, right? You're 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 changing where you are, and what we're doing is like digging in deep. Yeah, and so it's it's like a Venn diagram, and in the middle <laughs> is your is your pivot point, is your is your ability to not just rent an apartment and stay where you are. Yeah, it's to kind of, you know, buck the societal norms and buck the regular expectations of like, this is how you live in a city amongst all these amenities with every comfort you could desire. And it's like, no, I prefer something else because I feel a little more connected to something else. You guys definitely gave me the courage to recognize that and then pursue that. So I really yeah. have to thank you. Oh, well, we live to serve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so really quick, Stephen or Derek, please just tell everyone listening, uh, tell us a little bit about McGovern Residence uh, and what it is. So McGovern Residence, it is 28 acres uh, on the Toucannon River. It's uh, kind of the southeast corner of Washington. My my grandparents built the cabin, the main cabin here in the late 70s and retired here. And so my grandparents lived here for 30 years. Um, mm -hmm. So this was always my grandparents' place growing up. I would come out here multiple times a year. And through uh, just the course of our life together, Derek and I, we had the opportunity to buy back this property. My grandma had sold it um, about 10 years ago. And, That's right. Right. And so we so we had the opportunity. It came up for sale or we had it. Well, it wasn't for sale, but we were able to to buy it back. And now it's it's our home. It's our business. It is. Yeah, it's pretty much it's our whole life. It, yes. It's the crucible that we put all of our creative energy into. So I think that we had, you know, my background is in the arts and he has a different background in, in making things and and mm -hmm. fashion and what we now do is we pour it through this filter of McGovern and that is our everything that's how we now express ourselves through this entity which is our home and it's been a, yeah. it's fascinating to now you know I, I've sort of stripped away my art practice and he stripped away a lot of his branding that he had in his past and now we are literally the house is the funnel which we do all McGovern residents and so we have a campground at the moment that we rent out. Mm -hmm. And then we have a bunch of branded material that Steven's working on, including these gorgeous baskets that he makes. Mm -hmm. And so what we're hoping to do is build, you know, the not so unfamiliar lifestyle brand, but have it be grounded in a place that you can visit. That's amazing. And also be grounded in the aesthetic of doing and showing and really documenting it so that we're so that the things that we have done can be not only sort of, you know, lived through by proxy, but actually achieved. Like talk to me if you want to find land, if you want to talk about what it's like to do this. So it's, yeah. it's, it's personal, but also we're trying to support ourselves. Exactly. And I remember when I remember that first visit and you kind of were sharing with me and my, my partner, then yeah. the vision of what you had seen for McGovern as it being like a destination 
type of hosted campground. You know, I specifically remember recording space or writing space for artists or bands, event, you know, event space for weddings. It's been a little difficult with COVID the last year, but hopefully getting back to that. And I just remember being so inspired and I could see all of that in this beautiful land and the amazing, huge cabin. Your bathroom is one of my favorite bathrooms everywhere i've like gushed about it before oh, stop, it's, stop, it's pretty stop. epic um but you, but you know um all of those things that you were just talking about it, it constantly changes uh you know so yeah. we, we will have an idea like when you came we were so new into it we had all these ideas nothing was realized it was just kind of this this fantasy that we were just starting to to kind of feel out and you know over the over the past five years, we've, you know, we've gone through so many different iterations of what is going to be our business, how it's going to sustain itself or how, you know, how we're going to ex- express our creativity through this place. And, you know, it just constantly changes. We will have something locked down, like the idea of right now we're renovating the loft in the cabin. And, and for years, we had this idea that we were going to have a, a hosted bed and breakfast type space inside the cabin. Um, yeah. And then after having lived here, you know, for a few years, realizing how intimate this space is and and that's maybe not an avenue that we necessarily want to go down is to, you know, constantly opening up our home to to strangers, you know, in, in that right. sort of capacity. So that's maybe a little too close. But, you know, our campsite, it's great because it allows people to experience the place and and, and stay, but they're not necessarily in our personal personal bubble. Totally. And the layout of the cabin is very intimate. That huge first floor, right. the big open space, the big wraparound deck. It's gorgeous. Now, you mentioned like how things have changed. I want to actually dig in into, I want to hear more about the decision. Because, right, you guys were both living very different lives in Mm -hmm. Seattle. And, I mean, if we want to go, like, take a turn each, maybe, Stephen, you can tell us a little bit about the life you were leading in Seattle. And then, Derek, if you want to tell us. Because it's a very different life from the life that you've now chosen. Sure. So, I want to hear a little bit of background. Like, if you can tell me a little bit about life before and then the decision to make McGovern your home and your lifestyle. Yeah. So, so I guess first you'd have to go back a little bit, you know, Derek and I met about 10 years ago, uh, right mm-hmm. before Derek left for London for a two year master's program. And so, so the first two years of our relationship uh, was long distance. And mm-hmm. so I was, I was in school in Seattle. I was kind of handling my stuff. He was in school in London. He was handling his stuff. And then afterwards we, we spent some time in London. We went to Austin for a while, and then we found ourselves back in Seattle. Um, so after a few years, we were back in Seattle, kind of finally together, finally in the same city, finally, finally uh, living together. And that's when we were kind of faced with the decision: all right, what, what now? You know, like mm-hmm. um, it's been kind of this, you know, la la land, like kind of fantasy world with our relationship, where it, you know it was, it was. Uh, you know, jet setting and long distance and these adventures and, you know, everything was so incredible. And then we kind of come out on the other side of that. And, and we were both kind of like, all right, well, what now we're back in Seattle. 
I didn't really ever picture myself being back in Seattle. But mm. when I had left, you know, a year earlier, I, that was kind of it. I was like saying my goodbyes. I was, I was done. I was on to, to a new adventure. And so once we were back, then it was, you know, kind of on us to figure out, well, what are we doing now? Are, are we, are we going to stay in Seattle? Are we going to move somewhere else? Are we going, you know, what, what's the next step for us? And I don't, know if that necessarily was i don't know if our visions were necessarily merging until the idea of the mcgovern residence and its cabin came available um it really solidified this kind of cohesive uh joint vision for what we could do together wow derek what was what was your take about life before and the the pivot point the decision so like you said we met Right before I, I sort I, I was sort of gotten to graduate school and I thought, ooh, let's have a bit of fun before I leave. And so I met <laughs> I met him. And uh, so I, I was in a master's program doing sculptural work and installation artwork, a lot of ephemeral stuff made of nail polish and wax and sugar, like very you know, weird <laughs> stuff. It's ridiculous, but it was beautiful. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the same time, I was living in this little duplex in London where I had a little square pot of land. And in the moment that I, in the time that I was living there, I was both working on my art practice and my little tiny garden plot in equal measure. So I found myself basically torn between tending to my plants and my artwork. And I even tried melding them into artwork and I didn't really manifest I could, but I could, <laughs> that's tough. It was fine. I was just trying to like, you know, make my life easier. But in the end, I was really just, I loved having a bit of earth and, and, and tending it well and doing great because all my, you know, I lived in an area in East London where everyone's basically butted up against each other very quickly, like closely. Uh, yeah. I would have many, many older Londoners come around and tell me how beautiful my garden was. And it was, <laughs> It was a much better critique than anything I got in art school, you know? Wow. Just like it, it made me feel good. We knew what we were talking about. We were peers. And at the same time, we had a vice and we shared stuff. It was a very, right. it was a very different culture. And so when I finally um, graduated from art school in at Goldsmiths in London, I, I really enjoyed it, by the way. It just happened mm-hmm. to be that I kind of shut the door on that. I, I didn't think that I could move on thinking that that was going to be my future. What I really craved was um, growing things and nurturing things. Cause I was actually really good at that too. Yes, you are better, better <laughs> at it. In fact. And so when we moved back to Texas to live with my parents, cause we were broke, right? Yes. I, we lived on my parents, nine acres in Texas and we fell in love with the idea of, Sunsets at night, crickets, no noise. You know, just... uh, we were we were cutting trails. We, we spent we spent the whole like probably two months cutting trails through this property, all for a big flood to come through and wipe it all out on a, on Halloween. On Halloween, oh. but it was just so much oh, fun. You know, it, like it didn't matter. You know, because it was just the experience of 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 just playing with the land. You know, and um, and it was so great because we did all this great trail building and we saw this torrential, amazing weather event which actually destroyed the city but whatever um, <laughs> but it but but what it was was like an exercise in um 
utility to come. Yeah. And so, yeah, totally. And, and we're like, wow, interesting. And then when we moved back to Seattle, I no longer had a studio, right? So I wasn't making our work. Steven was managing apartments, which is um, uh, not a fun job. Just if anyone's thinking about going into it, don't do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you're solving everyone else's problems. Yeah. Uh, and I'm an anxious person to begin with, and I, I'm not a very good people person. And so anxiety, not good with people. It was just a bad bad situation and so <laughs> i i don't know if he totally described this in this previous conversation but this cabin that we now live in his grandparents lived in he's talked about it for a while i have never i had mm. never known it even when we were in texas he was talking about it and he in fact wrote the owner and yeah. um so to me it was on a very abstract concept and then when we finally got to Seattle and this moment happened where the cabin came into question, I suddenly had to come to terms with the fact that, oh, an opportunity is happening not where I want it. I was not interested in Eastern Washington. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of us, either of us were. No. We, had, we had started talking about the idea of, of maybe buying, you know, five acres of land, like right. 10 acres of land. Finding land yeah. where somewhere in Texas. Oh, no, no, this was, this is like Pacific Northwest, somewhere on the West side, on okay. the West Oregon side. and Seattle, where we knew, where we, where we were comfortable. Yeah. Okay. You know, I loved, I, I right. loved uh, Washington, Oregon, Pacific Northwest. And so I knew that we were, I wanted to stay there, but when we were, had the idea of looking for land, it was, it was always something on the West side in more of the, the temperate Northwest forest, you know, something with a little more stable water, a little, a little Um uh, Also we're gay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough in a rural environment. I'm guessing. No, you know, what? I'll tell you, well, you can ask me about that later. I'll tell you. Yeah. Tell you, yeah. We can get into that later. It's probably not. It's, already, it's, it's actually fine. I think we did talk about this, maybe my last visit, which at this point is like a, a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like a year and a half at this point. I'm trying to get this dude out to you guys like hardcore. Cause he is just going to fall in love. I keep bragging about it. We are going to get to you soon. So oh, I'm you're... really sorry. It's been so no, long. I, people. Thank you. I've been you looking so for an apology for months. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. I mean, Okay, so it sounds like little inklings of like, I'm kind of over being right on top of my neighbors and in the midst of this. And I'm finding more connection in being outside and tending to the land in having some roots somewhere. It sounds like over the course of your guys' relationship, things were always pointing toward McGovern. And then this opportunity came for it to be yours and you guys had to jump at. I think you're, I think you're correct. Yeah. I, I think, I think we were like, we were always destined to bring out the creativity in each other. And this is how it, we've been able to do that. This is how we've been able to support each other. Yeah. The way, the way I sort of define a bond between us two is that we're both doers. Yes, you are. I agree. And 100%. so we don't fight over work which is great. Like, it's not like we're fighting over um, who does what. In fact, we're so busy that we are both jam packed, right? We just happen, we happen <laughs> to not have to fight over the same work. Right. Yes. 
you each have different interests that keep you busy and they all center around McGovern and your own creative pursuits. And luckily McGovern does bring that out in Well, there's no such thing as a conversation. I mean, not that it's never happened, but let's just say like one out of a thousand where you go, oh, well, I did the chicken coop in the dishes today. Why haven't you done the fruit trees and the roses? You know, like it just, like everyone has their own agenda. Like, yeah, we basically treat it like work. You have your own agenda. Yeah. And then whenever it comes to debates around what's going to happen, whoever wants it most Mm -hmm. wins. Yeah. You know, you know, Derek's at his interests, you know, he's, he's, he's got his gardens and he really, he, you know, every year, every year. Kitchen and garden is mine. Um, You know, and I, I like to think of of the land building projects, you know, more of the, the long-term infrastructure of trees and buildings. And so, you know, we don't really, we don't really clash, you know, we're not fighting over the same, the same interests. Um, And then when there is something that we both have an opinion about, it's kind of like, well, the first person to get to it kind of wins. Or a a duel, or a duel. (laughs) We have a duel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, so it's been like five years now, right? Five years, yeah. Wow, you guys moved in in the Mm -hmm. spring. It was, it was stunning, yeah. So, how would you say that McGovern has changed Ooh. you guys? Ooh, how has it changed? Well, it's gone from this uh, really exciting new adventure to our everyday reality. And anytime something loses that newness, the luster, you know, it it's it's easy to it's easy to become complacent and for things to become uh, normalized. So right. so that the awe, a little bit of that shine has dissipated from whenever you were here first. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that it's not as beautiful or, you know, it's just, we're adjusted to the temperature, you know, we're, that is our new reality. So, you know, honestly, it's like, we're, we're rural, we're rural as shit out here. And it, it's, it's gotten to the point where I don't even feel that we are because it's just normal, you know, like when, it, the contrast right. from going back and forth every week from, you know, from Seattle to here, every weekend there was the, that reminder, that contrast every week, like this place is, is, is out there. It's, it's isolated. Um, but then you come out here and you're living out here and it's too crowded. You know, it's like, my neighbors are too close. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, like I, I want more space between me and other people. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's how, it, how it's changed, you know, you know, aside from all the, the improvements that we've done, I mean, we've done a lot of work. And um, so yes, this place yeah. has changed considerably just visually and structurally. It's, it's, it's quite a bit different than, than it was. But how has it changed you, Stephen? Mm, 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 mm. Um, can, I, can I also say that you, I was inspired to crochet I, because of I, I love it. that. You should. So Stephen, for everyone listening, Stephen has this beautiful line of, of big old crochet Born baskets. Fail. For sale, <laughs> yes, you will have to buy them because they are gorgeous. But before that, you were you were crocheting these massive afghans in the most retro, amazing colors and patterns, and it definitely inspired me to crochet. So that's another way that like McGovern has like inspired you to just like dive into that, and I I fucking love it. Um, one way is it is kind of r- erased and 
reprinted the memory of growing up here, you know? So this used to be my grandparents' place and it had this magic of this, you know, grandma grandpa's place. And it was, it was this crazy huge log cabin that was, that had this giant cast iron stove that heated it in the wind. It it was, it was this crazy magical Mm. place. And it had its own smells and it had its, you know, everything about it was so uh, specific to my childhood and growing up. And so now living out here, it's, it's not that house anymore. You know, now it's, it, it's our house, you know, it has has the same name, but it's, I don't smell those smells anymore. I don't see those sights. I, you know, those memories aren't being recalled as, as much as they used to be. And it's, it's harder and harder for me to see this place as my grandparents saw it, or even as I saw it as a kid. And, you know, that's something to mourn. Yeah, I totally understand that. You had to do, like, this is a better place to be. But if you didn't take the leap, you wouldn't be there, right? And we have all experienced that at some point in our lives. (laughs) So it sounds like, honestly, McGovern has changed everything about the way that you guys live now. Do you, do you miss anything about your former lifestyle? Would you wish that you still had that? Like, what's your rose? What's your thorn? (sighs) Um, Steven? You know, I don't necessarily miss living in the city. You've definitely grown into more of your, you know, I, I, you know, cause that thing, (laughs) well, you know, cause when we met, (laughs) it was in our, our, our roaring twenties. Right. And so I was trying so hard to fit myself into this like extroverted gay LA fashion uh, kind of fear. You know, I was yes. trying so hard to make that be my reality. And what and, LA forced you no. into a mold? Yeah. You're kidding. <laughs> it was the LA force. I was, I was gladly like picking the, I, I was running it towards it. it you know, I, I, that's what I thought I needed. And make I, me <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, but then you know, I you know, you hit thirty and you start questioning, like, what, what, who am I? Like, what do I want? What, what is the direction I want my life to go in? And it was not working in fashion. It was not being, you know, this, yeah. you know, fashionable queer. That's just not me. I, you know, living out here is it, it feels normal to me. You know, it's like I want to be outside. I want to be, you know, I I love foraging. I love trees. I love being out in nature. But I think. I think my thorn is I miss camping. Camping sounds is so stupid, you know, because we have we have a campground. We have camp. We we have a campground, and we have campfires. You know, like every night during the summer, you know, at, at our back door. But yeah. you know, nature and camping and and hikes and backpacking. It used to be my release. It used to be where I would go to find myself and to be zen and then you know just just to feel whole. And now that I live in it, now that, that my life is constantly that, I have to find new ways to find that center. Um, well, that's an interesting that's an interesting concept, though, because it's something that we don't actually talk a lot about when we're like, okay, everyone wants to make their vacation their full time right. life. You know, I, I was right. I was talking to Derek the other day. I was like, you know, there's that metaphor of if a dog is chasing a car, what happens when it catches it? You know, like what then, you know, you dangle a carrot in, yeah. front of, in front of you for, for years, you know, this, like this, this destination, this goal, this thing that you're working towards. And then when you get it, you know, then what, or, you know, I'd spent so much energy like on this as like this end goal. And it happened 
so much faster than I think either of us thought it was going to happen. And now it's kind of like, oh shit, now what? You know, like, like now do yeah. we just, do we just live? And I just suddenly become like, you know, this contented person that, that is, uh, that's not me. You know, I, I am somebody that, no, because no and, I, and I thrive off of goals and I thrive off of like, oh, this is my one-year goal. This is my three-year goal. This is like what I see myself in 10 years. And it's harder to form that now that I don't, mm. I don't aspire to a different reality. This is my reality. This is, this is what I want to be. Right. Um, when you're like dead center of right. the goal, then what, what's the goal? And, and am I, and am I, <laughs> how do you grow from dead center? Right. Right. You know, it's tricky. It's something that I, that I'm trying Qua- to, it's quantum. Yeah. It's something that I'm trying to figure out for sure. I love that though. Well, it's also, it's like, it's not necessarily a coincidence that, you know, we, you know, Kat, you and, and Derek, all of us, you know, we had kind of a similar experience when it came to, to quarantine and lockdown, happening, yeah. you know, cause we have been for the past, you know, few years really pivot, like positioning our lives to, to be more in line with what we want and to be a little bit more resilient and, and be more in control of our life. Untamed. Um, right. Yeah. And so when things kind of get shook, it's like we're we kind of already in a position yeah. to weather it, you know, because we've already halfway removed ourselves from that life that was existing anyway. Right. Absolutely. And I think I think the thing that, you know, we all kind of have in common here and what we keep kind of circling around is like this sort of weird innate knowledge that what we were actually connected to and what we were ultimately desiring was not found in the thick of the big city in the rush of that life. Although I had my fun, you know what I mean? But ultimately it didn't feed me in the way that the life that, you know, we were trying to create. And then all of a sudden quarantine kind of was like, well, cool. Now you have this opportunity. Do it. It's like shutting a door. And it was something that I think, I feel like quarantine, hashtag unpopular opinion, I feel like quarantine had everyone sort of facing a lot of the bullshit that they were dealing with in their lives because a lot of that got stripped away. And a lot of that was like, okay, you're doing all this bullshit. Is it actually serving you? Is it actually what you want? Because now it's not here. And so do you actually feel empty or do you feel better? And is that the way that you want to go down? So I think a lot of people had to like look at themselves in the mirror. So in all the ways that like quarantine and COVID and the pandemic really shook people, I think it shook people in some really good ways. But like like you did say, I 100% agree. We had already started that pivot towards right. we, we, this We'd already life recognized that, the, because... that that life wasn't working. You know, that there that that, that is questionable. That One of yeah. the biggest, you know, causes of anxiety in my life is just the, the, the fact that I have to work, you know, and it's not this kind of petulant, you know, laziness. Mm-hmm. It's, I want to be in control of my life. I, I don't, I, I just don't like the idea of selling my time to somebody else, you know, and with, with this Absolutely. kind of like reward in the future, you know, like it, it used to be, you know, you work for a company for 30 years, you retire, you get the pension, you know, and it's like job well done. Now you can live your life. And I just, I never saw that life coming to fruition. You know, it's like, I no, no job I ever worked in my life. Have I, I thought that like, oh, this is a job that I can put in my time 
and I've got a good, like a nice reward waiting for me at the end, you know? Totally. It'll help me with my right. 401k will be in. You know, it's going to be a hard 25 years, Never. but ooh, it's going to be worth it. You know, I understand enough to know that it's a bunch of bullshit and what I know gives me joy costs right. almost nothing compared to what I am told. And is that's why I think there's like a bifurcation between the monetary necessity and then the ephemeral, which is the stuff that we love. Like, I don't know. It's very, it's a very hard sell to describe to people you can do things without spending a lot of money like go yeah or you yeah, can absolutely. You get you can try to get a hold of your finances not by making more money but by spending less money exactly it's like spending less and like actually addressing you, what you're right like what's necessity important necessity what do are. i need you know how what can i cut out so you know it's not about necessarily like climbing the ladder and making more money and like oh you know then i can afford that thing it's like no where can i cut out the money where can i save here you know it's like right just yesterday i made our i made laundry detergent out of english ivy because i'm like you know what that's an expense i i don't Can't like we? like i don't like buying laundry detergent because is it expensive but then i have this yeah. big jug this plastic jug that i have to Throw away the then trash. find a place for you know it's it's um we don't have garbage service we yeah. don't have recycle you can't recycle plastic in the area it, it just knowing that, like if i buy a jug of laundry detergent that jug is gonna last that jug is gonna be here you know like i <laughs> It's gonna no, become I, a planter I, I of some sort. It's gotta have no, a I'm not life. that person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so we I washed clothes with uh, English Ivy yesterday, and you know what? I think it worked. So that might be something that happens again. You're like my clothes feel uh, cleaner. You know, I, I'm wearing I the clothes. It's fine, right? And it's got to be like satisfying. I am always amazed at the ways that you are able to use every last little bit of everything on your property and the plants there's, that you there's grow. There's no escape. There's no escape. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I have another question. This being the Life Untamed podcast, tell us what you think of when you hear the phrase Life Untamed and would you say y'all are living that life now? Uh, so when I hear when I hear Life Untamed, I it's, it's more of a a questioning of a questioning what you've been taught, what you've been told, what is the norm, kind of what you've, the world that you've been born into, right? Like none of us had any say in the society structure, the, you know, the government systems, the economic system, like nobody has a say in that, you know? And so you're born nope. into it and you get, you get handed the rules and you, you get, you know, put into school and your parents kind of, you know, it's like you get taught this way that like, this is the way to live. This is how you do it. And I think uh, Life Untamed is just a questioning of what you've been told your whole life. Yeah. And it might be, you know, there, there I'm sure are plenty of people that that life that they've been told, that life that they've been you know, sold, they're perfectly fine with it. They're happy. They're, they love it. So that's, that's totally great. There are you know? plenty. But yes. I don't think that describes everybody. And so the people that, that know, they know, right? Like the people that, that have that feeling inside them they know you know they know they know that question and that right like this can't like, be it right this like, can't be it be this more. can't be like exactly like i get to choose my path right like i get to choose my life and i don't know yeah. if i'm living that but i think i am living in that direction but you're at least still questioning and living in that direction 
Oh, absolutely. Every day. Um, Life Untamed to me immediately kind of gave me a, a sort of like, like moment, right? (laughs) Because, well, no, because how can anyone unhinge themselves from anything? Yeah. Like you're your parents. Mm -hmm. You have to get gas. Right. You have to camp. You have to register. You have to do things. You have the internet. You have to give, you know, there is no real thing that fits that kind of noun-based description. Okay. That's what I thought. (laughs) Would you say that you're, that you're living sort of a disconnected life or do you find yourself more connected than ever? Good question. I would say that I live a, a hybrid kind of life because when, before we bought this place, I lived here for a minute without internet right, and only telephone service. And then when we lived here for two years traveling, we only had the same thing. Right. The first two years we were here, there was no internet. There was uh, barely a phone. Right. Barely. Um, yeah. And we would drive out every weekend from Seattle. So it was a five hour drive every weekend to and from. Right. Amazing. And we did that for two years. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I would ask that we, you know, even listeners to imagine for a moment that that's real because that's not realized for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it is, it is real that I was here with the walls around me and nothing could get to me, even if it was an emergency. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. It was a trip that first summer that we were here. It was, it was the right in the lead up to the 2016 election. And so we okay. would come here and be completely cut off from the whole campaign that was going on. I you know. Two days later, go, what happened? Right. And then on the drive home, we turn on the radio and then you'd hear all the stuff oh that came out, God. you know, you know, Hillary this, like Trump that, you know, and you're just like, what the, you know, was going on? But you'd realize like, wow, we really were completely disconnected for, you know, two, two full days. We were disconnected. Being present in a place like this is like, I'm present with the stove in my home. Mm-hmm. I'm present with the cabinets on the wall. I'm present with the rafters on the roof. I am, I have no connection to currency of the moment. Yeah. And to live with artifacts without interruption, like the walls and the beams and the everything is to be present with the past and not obsessed with like, what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a real gift until we got Wi-Fi, And then suddenly you were a connected home, which is good for the business, but it didn't mean that you were, suddenly connected you know yeah it's a little less untamed than you would like is what i'm hearing i will tell you this much about untamedness is that it is important that if you want to be untamed you have to be prepared to shift occupation to shift expectation Mm -hmm. and to be absolutely prepared to be at a loss because you are not prepared. You're trying something. Right. You know, cause no matter what, we're still products of the world that we were born into and that we grew up in, you know, so you can't completely disconnect, you know, it's like, you're still, I have still been in this world for 39 years, you know, so that has shaped me who I am. So I'm still going to want to 
you know, at the end of a very long day, collapse in a sofa and watch a TV, you know, like, yeah. like that's, that's still an escape, you know, it's like, it might be a different form, you know, it's not like every night, every night, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's still going to be those hangers on, you know, that, that still cling to you of, of life, of, of society, you know, what's going on in the world, you know, it's like, you're, you're still a person in this current reality. Yeah. So can I flip the script? Yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm actually doing really well. You know, I have zero savings. This podcast is sort of a passion project of mine, but it's sort of the bravest thing that I've ever done. Why, why is it brave for you? Because it's, I think it's really, for me, it's putting, it's putting this idea of life that I would love to share and life that I would love to promote to people. This idea that, it's like a commitment that if you do it, you have to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I feel good in that I started this and putting these ideas and these thoughts and having these conversations, putting them out within a year and a half of me beginning this life. Not that there's no, not yeah. anything for me to learn. I have so much more to learn, but I am so inspired by having made these decisions and kind of confronted my own, my own demons and fears that I I just really want to share that and those concepts and the conversation yeah. with people. Sounds like you lined up a couple things at once, which is like I want to do this, this and this, and then you did it, right? Which is terrifying, but then it happens and you're like, yay, it's yeah. working. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I think that I think that's I think that's admirable. I think that's great. Admirable. Because you know? I I think it's so easy to trip yourself up and Totally. No matter how, no matter how long you do anything, you know, it's like, you always have a reason to talk yourself out that you're like, Oh, who am I to do that? I don't have the authority to do that. Or, totally. I don't, you know, like I don't have the experience to say anything with any sort of authority. Right. But of course you do. Of course, everybody does. Right. You know, everybody has something to say. Everybody has something to offer. Everybody has a perspective. Everybody has a voice, you know? Yes. Um, so I think that's, I think that's great that you're putting yours out there and, and, you know, you've obviously got something really important to say, and I, I appreciate you saying it. Oh, I love you guys. And like, you know, along my life has led me down many paths, and I have met some amazing people whose stories deserve to be heard, whose like paths deserve to be acknowledged, whose like amazing, fearless and brave and courageous choices deserve to be displayed and honored and so like that was another reason that this podcast me not being an expert none of us being experts we're all just doing but like you know <laughs> stories like yours deserve to be heard the story of mcgovern residents and how you became these beautiful this beautiful couple and like created such a beautiful creative space like it all deserves to be heard. And it's a part of like this big tapestry of this life that we each decide to live. And we have that choice. So we have that freedom and that will and drive. Well, you make me feel special just by asking. So thank Aww. you. Well, guys, I, I am so honored that you guys took the time to like sit and chat with me and tell us all about your story and just give us a peek into yourselves and your lives. And I feel like McGovern is this 
living, breathing thing. And I feel like the two of you have breathed more life into McGovern than it had had in a really long time. And so it's really such a beautiful place. You two are two of my favorite people in the world. Tell everyone listening where they can keep up with you, um, where they can find you online, uh, what things that you're offering. Um, Tell us a little bit before we go where we can all find you and where we can keep up with you. Sure. So uh, we're on, we have our website. It's, it's getting there, um, but it's McGovernResidence.com. Uh, we're on Instagram at McGovernResidence. Um, and we have a, a campsite on HipCamp, which you can, which is linked through our website. Uh, you can find it there or you can go to HipCamp.com and search for McGovernResidence. You can find us there. And then if you want to find either of us individually, I'm on Instagram at dry doc, dry underscore doc. And Derek is at blue mountain boy, blue mountain boy (laughs) (laughs) on Instagram. That's where you can find it. I love you guys so much. I'm so glad you took the time to talk with me. And again, I'm going to say it. Your home and your presence is some of my favorite memories and my favorite place to be. And I can't wait to like get back to you guys. It so misses, sorry. It's been so it, long. It misses you. It told me it, every day. <laughs> it's like, wait, when's cat coming back? When's cat coming back? We are going to come back. <laughs> so definitely. Thank uh, you cat, so much. Guys. Cat, I love you. Love. And, um, out of anybody that I knew in my twenties, that was part of my LA experience. I am so glad that you are one of the few that have stuck around. Oh, I love you. I love Seriously. You. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning into this episode of the Life Untamed podcast. I really, really appreciate the time you take to listen. And if you found value, if you loved what we we're talking about in this episode, please do head over to your streaming site, leave us a review, subscribe if you like, send it with all the friends, especially if you found something meaningful. I would love to know that these messages are getting out to the people who need them the most. And if I don't know those people, you might. So for sure, send it over. Thanks again. Hope to see you in the next episode.